And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Spin Rate, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice. We're here talking about, again, your incredibly disappointing two series wins in a row, Toronto Blue Jays. They're existing in this weird uh, space between good enough and bad. And I don't think anybody's happy, even though they've, they just finished a four and six homestand. Of course, as four I mentioned off the top two, what four and two, you're right. Four, <laughs> four and two, four games out of six. That yes. is the voice of course, of Caitlin McGrath. She is the co-host of spin rate. She covers the Toronto Blue Jays for the athletics. She joins us here at the beginning of every week. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying this holiday Monday as we're recording right now. Holiday Monday, it is Victoria Day in which we honor the day of birth of one of the finest of all the lizard people, Queen Victoria herself. Uh, can't say that I ever uh, met met this woman, but uh, she's probably pissed a bunch of people off. But people love her. She was the queen for a long time, just like the queen we've got now. She's not really our queen, but uh, she's the queen. There are people who very much believe she's not alive. That's that's my favorite conspiracy theory. Is that the Queen oh. died of COVID, and like this, we're we're in a weekend at Bernie's hologram situation <laughs> right now. Uh, as I mentioned, though, Caitlin covers the Toronto Blue Jays for the Athletic, and if you don't subscribe to the Athletic, I think you should go and do that. Go to theathletic.com/spinright. Get a tidy discount. Let them know we sent you. You're good to go. This is the show called Spin Right, as I also mentioned, which we record here at the beginning of the week with Caitlin here on a holiday Monday. Later in the week, me, Ricky Romero, former Blue Jay starter, American League All Star, Cy Young vote receiver. We talk about the Toronto Blue Jays on the second episode of Spin Right that comes at you in a given week. So wherever you get your podcast, go uh, down, uh, download it. No, I'm not download it. You sign up, subscribe. You can download it. You can download it um, rather than stream it. If you're getting on the subway, for example, maybe going on an aeroplane, which I did for the first time in like three years. It was great. It was more than three years. Damn. Anyway, subscribe to the show. Let us know that you're out there. Hit us with a rating, with a review. Follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear, how you're feeling. We're good. This week, what are we going to hear? We're going to talk about, again, this weird back-to-back series wins of the most disappointing Blue Jays team that anyone can remember. Talk a little bit about, again, as always, until it changes, we got to, we got to figure out what's up with the offense. Uh, you know, there's always the, the ever, now the revolving door of injuries and, and transactions. I think that we're getting into transaction season here. We're looking down the barrel of May. So we're going to talk about all of those things on this edition of Spin Rate. But let's talk with this weekend series against the Reds. The Toronto Blue Jays just wrapped up. Um, again, uh, uh, worrisome trends. Let me ask them, Kate. Let's start right off the top. So the Blue Jays win two of three against the Reds, one of the worst teams in baseball. They scored seven runs against the Reds uh, pitching staff, although they did have to go through the teeth of the Reds pitching staff, dealing with not only Luis Castillo, who was very good, but Hunter Green, who's nasty. 
whose stuff is ridiculous. And then another big league debut, someone no one's ever seen before. None of the guys on the, on the current Blue Jays roster. So a, is it okay to be worried and be disappointed even though they did have a successful homestand? Um, yeah, I think it's okay to be worried and it's okay to be disappointed um, because we're still not seeing the Blue Jays play to their best, um, especially when it concerns the offense. I think the pitching, um, I have I would suspect no one has any complaints against the pitching. Even when you saw um, Kikuchi get off to that shaky first inning, but the rest of the way, he pretty much cruised. The only sort of downside of that was that he couldn't go especially deep into the game. But, I mean, it was fine behind him. Um, you're not going to win many games when you can't score. So that was what happened. And, yeah, like, I mean, the Blue Jays scored seven runs against the Reds. <laughs> Three of those runs alone Bo Bichette produced in um, the second game of that where he had two home runs, and that was enough for them to win that game. Um And so I think that it's funny. I saw some people on Twitter saying like it it sort of would have been better if they lost the series, but it was like some nine, seven games, some nine to six games. And at least you were seeing, which I don't know that I would buy that. I think wins are probably better to get. Um, But I understand sort of the frustration and the sentiment and where that comes from. It's like, you just want to see any signs of life from the offense, even if it comes in a loss, you know, if they lose a game like 10 to eight, you might feel encouraged by that more than if they win a game two to one, because at this point, we've seen that they can win games two to one. We know they could do that. and, And it's good on them that they've found a way to win all those close games. You know, those wins are your wins. They're not going anywhere. Um, and so if the Blue Jays are a good one run winning team, and as of course, good is relative because you, there's probably a lot of luck in that, but the record's the record. Um, obviously they feel comfortable playing those close games and they've done well in them. So that's good. Um, but I do understand wanting to see them play games where there is more run scoring. Um, and, you know, I can't I can't figure this team out in the sense of like it just looks like they're sometimes a completely different offense when they have opportunities to put a ton of runs on the board. There was a couple times on Sunday um where they loaded the bases and they couldn't you know, they couldn't get it done and it's like that's been a familiar story this entire year and on the one hand like hitting with runners in scoring position like it's not necessarily – I mean, I guess it is a skill, um, but there is some randomness to it. Um, and the Blue Jays were an excellent hitting team last year with runners in scoring position, one of the best. They had guys on their roster that were like – like I think Lord has hit like in the 400s with runners in scoring position. Bo was an excellent um, hitter with runners in scoring position. They had a number of guys that were great at it. You look at George Springer. He's like Mr. Clutch, you know, like he's – a guy that has come through all the time. Vladdy's is such a talented hit. Like there's, there's no reason to that they shouldn't be able to be getting it done. Um, and it seems like there's also no. It seems like it boggles the mind that they can't even just run into one <laughs> at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. of course they've they've gotten a couple knocks here and there with runners in scoring position, like it's happened. But it just, it's like it's. It's funny that like it's just not even happened by chance or like the fact that the base like you know baseball's weird and sometimes things just happen and they just haven't had like any bit of luck they haven't and it's there's been no luck but there's also been you know not 
you know, not great hitting performances in those situations. And, you know, it's just, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I understand. And it's, you know, this is probably the angriest I've seen people um, over a team that is still winning more than they're losing. And I think in theory, in the thick of a playoff spot, if not still in a playoff spot, technically, I mean, obviously it's early, but they're mm-hmm. right in it. They're not, you know, they haven't fallen out of it. They're, you know, maybe they're seven games back of the Yankees. Um, obviously the Yankees are off to an excellent start. Um, but you know, making up seven games in, in four months is, is not much. Um, and so certainly the Blue Jays are not like in a bad spot in terms of like where they're situated in the standings. Um, they have ground to make up, but it's not, um, you know, it's not anything substantial, I would say, but I mean, you are getting to the point where we're beyond the, it's, you know, the short and swing training We're beyond like the guys are still getting their timing, especially if, if with some of the guys that have played, you know, 40 games, 41 games at this point. And it's sort of getting to the point where it's just kind of confusing why this offense isn't doing what they should be doing. I think that the biggest thing to take away from the biggest thing I keep coming back to, especially if we want to zoom out a little bit, which is that not the number one most important thing is that the team is excuse me, very frustrating, but they have not shot themselves in the foot. They're no. trying. The mm-hmm. Blue Jays offense is so bad that they are trying to shoot themselves in the foot and they're missing. But that is to their incredible benefit that they are still three games over 500. They are still in the thick of things. And you can only assume, or you can only believe that these th- that things are going to trend in the other direction because there's just too many talented hitters on the team to think otherwise. Again, you're, we're looking, if I, we look at May, right? The Blue Jays have the third worst offense in baseball in May by weighted yeah. runs created plus. There are a million, uh, reasons for that as you laid out. They are doing things, again, shooting themselves in the foot. There have been a bunch of weird, a couple ba- weird base running situations yeah. that have cost them run scoring opportunities. But the biggest issue is that there's huge black holes in the lineup. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about Teoscar Hernandez, who's come in, who's immediately was installed into the cleanup position. He has five hits in, in May. He's five for 50, right? With two walks. Uh, that's awful. Lourdes Guriel, before he went, you know, before he picked up this knock, he's got eight hits in May, you know, hitting a buck 45. And, and even, you know, Matt Chapman, who's, who's just right on the cusp of breaking out. And I spoke about this with Ricky Romero on Thursday. That I'm like, when he gets right, the offense, I think, will really start to kind of fire on more, on, on, uh, on more cylinders, if not all cylinders. And he's still hitting the ball hard, you know, picked up not a, not a be- most beautiful hit in the world, but he drove, you know, picked up a timely hit, drove in a couple runs, hitting it hard into the ground, but the other way found a hole. Those are the kind of things that they need to happen. Matt Chapman, to his credit, is also continuing to walk. He has as many walks as, you know, some of a bunch of the other guys combined. Him and uh, Vlad, him and Vlad are the only two that are walking mm-hmm. at an above average clip. Danny Jansen um, was, and then it kind of dipped below. But I mean, Danny mm-hmm. Jansen's also somebody you could probably rely on to get on base via the walk. But I mean, Chapman, I think that I don't know why people have picked on him. I don't know if it's because they are kind of unfamiliar of the player maybe that he's become. To me, I mean, like you expect a bit more hitting for average from him, but he's also not a guy that's going to hit for a ton of average. I think that he's sort of, as you say, very close to getting back on track and like being the hitter we thought. But in terms of like the other things he's doing, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting his home runs, not as many as you want, but he's still getting some and he's been robbed of a few and he's Mm -hmm. taking walks and he's great defensively. I'm not sure what people are expecting. He's been 
I think that happens sometimes when guys get traded here and um, people maybe are unfamiliar with them and they just have to sort of put put their anger on one guy. I've noticed he's been that guy this year and I'm not sure why because to me he's not supposed to be the driver of the offense. So I don't know that he's more susceptible, like he's not more responsible than anyone mm-hmm. else in the lineup. We'll be right back with more spin rate, but first check this out. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24 seven US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's easy to pick on the guy who strikes out at a, at a, at a, at yeah, a sure. at above average rate and who also is hitting a buck 93. Um, if Matt Chapman was not producing hard contact, if he wasn't, you know, like just hitting the ball hard consistently, I'd be a lot more worried. If you look at all of his kind of like expected numbers, especially if you look at his expected weighted on base over the last hundred uh, plate appearances, it's just going up, right? He's just, he's hitting the ball hard. He's barreling it. We've seen him do that, uh, you know, on, um, well, one night last week where he hit four balls really hard, only had one single to show for it, including a ball with like a 750 expected batting average at the end of the year. I'm not worried about Matt Chapman, but again, it's not a matter of worry. It's a matter of the, the production isn't happening. You know, I can strongly believe that it's going to come around. I know that Matt Chapman, or I feel strongly that Matt Chapman is going to produce. I feel strongly that, that, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to remember how to hit the ball over the fence. I feel like, Again, the Blue Jays offense, if you look at, um, the difference between what they've produced and, and what they are expected to have produced, they're, you know, in the, in the bottom 10 in terms of like laggards, like among the worst, um, performing offenses in, in, in baseball, um, compared to where we would expect them to be. So it's a, it's, it's just a matter of, of there are all these underperforming uh, underperformances or, or guys who are underwhelming in the month of May in particular, but it's, do you expect that to continue? So with like Ramel Tapia, right? Everyone's talking, Oh, the Tapia's hitting the ball in the air. It's like, well, he's even worse than he was last year. Right? Like I, I don't, I don't think anybody has, it should have any expectation that Tapia is going to be a, any better than he has been. Right. Ta- he is, he is what he is. Bradley Zimmer, he got two hits in, in last week and like doubled all of his offensive numbers for the season. That's how grim things are around here. Uh, but, but like, you know, again, if you, if you really think that Teoscar Hernandez is like a, is a unplayable offensive player and that's going to doom the Blue Jays moving forward. Okay. I don't know that I'm ready to listen. If you really think that Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is, this is who he is. Okay. Whether or not you're going to start moving, moving, making moves just for the sake of doing them or, or, or just trying to make desperate pleas and a desperate attempt to try to save the season. The Blue Jays are in a fortunate position despite all of their misfortune. To not have to worry about trying to save the season at the end of May. 
And I think that that is, that is something to, if nothing else, uh, look to as, as a positive and feel like, okay, well, they, they, the bad offense that we're seeing, it's bad. It's, it's, it's terrible, but it's not killed them yet. So let's not act like it's going to kill them. Again, it's all, if it's the, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty, I guess, in a way? Like, mm-hmm. are you a fatalist who says this is the Blue Jays offense forever and the pitching can't carry them for the rest of the season? Or are you more realistic and be like, the Blue Jays offense is going to, is, will, will come back up and, and they'll be fine, I guess. And maybe, maybe the longer the bad performances stick around, the more likely you are to believe that that's who they're going to be. But I, I can't, I can't get my head there to think that this is it. They're cooked. They need to make a bunch of moves other than there are a few, you know, mar- on the margins. Like, I don't think I need to see Zach Collins anymore, but that's just me. Um, but there are other things that you can do to, that are or other just patience is the thing you can do. Wait. And and if again, if it starts to kill them, if they if they go on some kind of terrible losing streak um, because their their pitching just can't carry them anymore, then we talk. But not until then, I'm a, I, I'm happy as a Blue Jays fan and observer to take two series wins in a row and be on my way. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Maybe you do because you were calling up the May numbers. But I mean, in April, they were um, they weren't the best offensive club, but their numbers more so resembled what we thought they could be. Um, And they were still struggling with runners in scoring position, obviously, but um, because that's been a season long thing. But, uh, you know, they were hitting the ball pretty hard. Um, They were getting their home runs in April. um, And it's just really dried up in May. And I don't know why. I mean, these are just stretches that teams go through. I think that um, certainly there's probably some guys that are pressing a little bit. There's things that are sort of like compounding a little bit. I think Bo's a really great example, though. You look to him and look how he straightened things out. You know, everybody was calling for him to hit lower in the lineup or, you know, everything that people say about Bo. And look, he's, I think he's been the team's best performer in May. Um, he's certainly back up to what you would expect from him. I think I looked at it yesterday and he was up to um, prior to yesterday's game, like a 160 weighted runs created plus for May alone. Um, you know, and that's in the realm of what he's capable of, maybe not like for a whole season, there's always going to be dips and stuff like that. But, you know, the strikeout rate was gone down. It was still a little higher than you want to see, but it was going toward more his career normal. Um, You know, so everything, and he was hitting the ball hard. He's getting his home runs. Um, So, you know, I look at Bo and I think like that's, you know, he's figured it out and you would just assume, and he's a talented hitter, but the Blue Jays are full of talented hitters. And you think, okay, if Bo's figuring out, then it's going to come around. And like, obviously he was working on stuff throughout April and he was trying to figure himself out and he got more to himself. He's been that aggressive hitter that we know. And, you know, sometimes his aggressiveness makes him look silly up there because he's swinging and sometimes he just swings for the fences and misses, but um, that's who he is. And more often than not, and a, a and through a large sample, um, he's going to be a good hitter. That's how he succeeds. And he even said something that was funny um, after Saturday's game, like something along the lines of no one gets anywhere being passive. So I'm just going up there and I'm going to be aggressive. And it's like, it's a good point, you know? And, and so um, I look at him and I think he could be sort of a metaphor for the Blue Jays and that like, you know, he got through a rough stretch and now he's doing what you expect him to do. I think it sort of, it sort of strains belief that you're going to have five or six guys on the same team that are career above average offensive players. And they're all at the same time, just going to have below average years. Like, is it possible? Maybe. And at the end of this season, maybe we could look back and say, 
you know, this was very unlucky for the Blue Jays to have, you know, five of their six best hitters have seriously below average career years. But uh, I don't think that's likely. Even like looking at George Springer, for example, I looked at it yesterday. We were talking about walks. Um, you know, he's a guy that typically takes a lot of walks. This year, he's not. Like he he was down to like 6.9% walk rate. That is well below what you expect from George Springer. He is a career above average guy that takes walks. Um, it's more so in the like 10% range. He's really never had a season, I think, where he walked below 10%. Um, and right now he's doing that. And even if you sort of understand that as players get older, uh, walk rate tends to go down a little bit, but I don't think we're going to see that sharp of a decline. I'd be surprised. And so if you look at the Blue Jays, why aren't they walking enough? Well, they're not a team full of guys that take a ton of walks. But if you look at just George Springer, for example, and you think, well, he's walking, you know, 3% below what he normally would, you would expect that to normalize a little bit too. And he's going to get back up to an area where he's walking 10%. And then that's overall going to make the Blue Jays closer to what you would expect them to be putting up in terms of the walk rate. I, I, I can't help but wonder if a guy like Springer and kind of like Vlad, who we've seen sort of take things, try to take things on on their own mm-hmm. and try yeah. to like win, you know, and, and I've heard Ricky say a bunch of times the idea of trying to hit a five run home run and trying to like undo a slump and get the offense going all in one swing. So guys that might be extending their zone a little bit, guys who might be kind of just getting a little bit outside of themselves in an attempt to sort of um, get right. And and it's funny, I'm looking at the kind of uh, percentile rankings uh, leaderboard, and yeah, like George Springer's um, uh, uh, walk rate is is in the 38th percentile, so yeah, below average. Bo Bichette, you know, is a guy we expected to be a little bit low. Um, but it's like weird numbers jump out, like hard hit percentage. Matt Chapman is in the 97th percentile for hard hit uh, percentage of balls that he hits hard, uh, higher than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like, You'll take that. It's going to come, right? It's going to come. And then you see Kirk and Alejandro Kirk's like incredible ability to put the bat on the ball as well as draw walks. Like he's, um, he's really skilled in that way, but that's kind of like his, his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, again, it's, it's, again, do you, I, I, the, the question is asked, uh, Teoscar Hernandez has played 19 games this season. Are we, are you ready to, to make a, make a, a final assessment? Is this it? Again, I, I just can't, I can't accept that. I think you would be crazy to believe that this is how they're going to continue to perform. And again, I will come back to that same point. They're not dead, right? They're not, they're far from it. They're anything but. There are a lot, a lot better teams have gotten off to a lot worse starts than the, than that, which we're seeing from the Toronto Blue Jays right now. And it's a, just a matter of, it's, it's a matter of time in terms of like one of two things is going to happen. And I guess it's a matter of how you look at things. Is the off, the offense will recover before the pitching staff falters, or it won't? You know, for lack of a better, for for back of a, uh, if I want to just boil it right down to brass tacks. So if the if the offense doesn't recover and then the pitching staff falters, well then they're screwed. Mm-hmm. That's when they're going to have a losing streak. That's when they're going to be out of luck. And that's when we're sitting. That's when we will be sitting here being like, well, they'll be better, but it could be too late. But that is far from the situation right now. And yeah, yeah, you know, I see like really fatalistic people being like, oh, they're not going to win the division. And just because they're in a playoff position right now, does it just mean anything? Well, it's like, yeah, it does. It does mean something because 
again, if yeah, if they went into a series in the playoffs with the offense as the third worst in baseball, and, and they managed to sneak their way into the playoffs, they would get killed. But if you think that this is what the offense is going to be four months from now, you're a fool. <coughs> Excuse me. And if you um, aren't a fool, tell me why you think this is what the offense is going to be. And here's the thing. You got nothing to say because there's no way you can believe this is who the offense is going to be or what, what the offense is moving forward. This is what it is right now, and this is what's kind of hamstringing them in games that they maybe should have won, but they're not going to win 162 games. They're not going to win 120 games. They're going to lose some games. There'll be some games and the offense goes away. But if you don't believe that they can pull it together, then you, uh, I'd love to know what makes you think that this is it and they're done. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm speaking rhetorically to a straw man because I don't think that you, Caitlin, believe that. No, and I would say also that like I've heard this sort of um, – I don't know, this kind of uh, belief that as soon as the offense gets going, that's when the pitching's going to go, as, as if, like, you know, this team can't have nice things, um, <laughs> which I don't – and what I say to that is, like, I don't see any signs, especially of the starting pitching, that it's going anywhere. I mean, like, you've mm-hmm. got – and it's certainly, like, this rotation, the strength of it um, is built on dependability and track record and reliability, and then the one guy – uh, who doesn't have a long track ride, track record, Alec Manoa, only by virtue of the fact that he's young and he hasn't played that long, but he's been their best starter or one of their best starters. I don't know. I'd go 1A, 1B with Kevin Gosman, and I think I would change my mind every day when talking about Alec and, and Kevin in terms of, you know, who's who's having the best season. I mean, they're both having great seasons. Um, and so that's the thing that I would say is, like, why, why would you, like, Evan, this is, we're going on, you know, whatever it's, quarter of the way through the season and the Blue Jays starting pitching has been uh, among the best in the American League and what has made them one of the best in the American League is is also just how much they've pitched they've been really reliable um you're not seeing many starts out there where they're going you know just a few innings even when Kikuchi has like kind of a shaky out and he at least managed uh to get through um almost six innings so that was that's kind of um something that I don't uh, subscribe to that everyone's saying, well, once the offense gets going, it's like the pitching is going to go. It's like, I don't, who, who's going like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think it's Kevin Gosman. Uh, Brios. Yeah. He's had his um, troubles this season in terms of allowing hard hits, but he's also such an experienced starter that he kind of has um, the ability and the talent to get out of a lot of those jams. And his last outing was really good. Looked more like himself. Um, I sort of think that he was a, a, a struggled a little bit with the shortened spring. Um, and I think that now you're seeing the timeline of how the season's gone along, him really round into form. I think Ryu's looked better once he got off the IL. Kikuchi has been, um, I, I would say, somewhat of a, a pleasant surprise. I don't know. I mean, his last, his May has been very good. Um, minus that one inning where he didn't have his command. Um, but you know, I, I look at the starters and I don't see any signs of this is this is who I thought they'd be. I thought the Blue Jays built a really good starting rotation. Um, sure, they're gonna there's gonna be some bad outings here and there, but I don't think as a whole the, the starting rotation is gonna fall apart um outside of injuries, but and those can be pr- unpredictable. But but I would say to that, like this this rotation actually is built amongst guys that don't have much of a history of injuries outside of Ryu. Um, in Ryu in Toronto, he's actually been quite healthy other than these sort of, you know, injuries here and there, or phantom injuries here and there. Um, and so 
the bullpen, um, yeah, I think it probably needs another arm in there. Um, I think you need some more swing and miss in that bullpen. I think Jaime or Yimi Garcia, I should say, um, has not had that swing and miss. I think that the Blue Jays sort of wanted. I think mm-hmm. he's been. I think he's been getting the job done for the most part, but he's not getting the swing and miss that he typically does. Now, is that going to trend up? Maybe. Um, is he just kind of more of a con- pitching to contact guy now? Maybe. Um, so I would say the Blue Jays bullpen needs some God, sort no. of swing and miss. Um, yeah, like that to me is a bit concerning, but they've been getting the job done. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that internally there could be some additional swing and miss um, if a guy like Nate Pearson gets healthy and he's able to be an addition at some mm-hmm. point later in the season. But that to me is Man. the biggest concern with the <laughs> pitching. But I think you're right in the sense of like, um, I lean towards the offense is going to figure it out and then the team is going to be more complete as a whole. Um, but if there is a situation where the offense does not figure it out, yes, it's going to be hard all year to win every single game two to one. Like that's going to be very difficult on everybody. I think – I, I don't I, – I mean I – Almost sounded like I said that. But yeah, I don't think there's any reason to believe the pitching staff is going to fall apart. My thing is, if the pitching staff is not able to carry the load, then they're in no, trouble. No, no, no. I, I wasn't saying you were yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying you were saying that. I'm just saying I've seen that. Like, I've seen people who mm-hmm. are obviously very big Blue Jays fans, but also are just, I don't know. They don't want to have, they don't, they don't want to believe that they can be happy or something. And mm-hmm. they just, everyone seems to say, well, when the when the hitting figures it out, then the pitching is going to go, and that's just you know it's like I don't I don't understand why that would happen. Maybe it does, but I don't think it would be because that's just how things have to happen. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that would just be like another freak thing about baseball, and maybe the pitching does go, but like it wouldn't. It's not like simultaneously it's going to be like oh the offense is going to okay so now the Buddhist pitchers are just going to suck like that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And, and again, it, it comes you know. <laughs> I, I'm okay with with concern. I'm okay with doubt. I'm okay with wonder and 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 looking at this team and being like, do they have what it takes to be the team that everyone thought they or hoped they would be in the spring, you know, before the season started? But I I need more than just gloom and doom. You know, I need you to I need you, not you, but everyone, to give me a little bit more of a reason to, to doubt that this is there or to believe that this is who they are before other than just panic and meltdown city and melt, you know, it's meltdown may I get that everybody melts down in may, but like, just give me more than just, well, they're bad. Okay. So yeah, you, uh, you know, Jimmy Garcia is missing bats. Okay. So maybe he's, he's a worrisome spot, but is the bullpen something they could not upgrade is the bullpen something they couldn't find internally and externally options to, to, to bolster. Of course not. Do you think that Jose Barrios is among the five or six worst starters in baseball? Okay. No. Why is his, is his velocity way down? Is his, is, or is, is he, is he not executing on his curveball? Do people, are people not swinging and missing at his changeup? No, I don't think any of those things are true. What we've seen from Jose Barrios in the early going is a real lack of command. And I think what we saw in particular at the beginning of the year was he was wild and then wild in the strike zone, right? Which is the worst, almost, almost the worst thing you can be in terms of like not being able to, 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 Miss a bat is one thing, but if you're throwing stuff over the heart of the plate and then you're trying to, you're going in, you want to go inside, but rather than miss inside off the plate, you're missing over the middle. Well, then you're in trouble. So, okay, let's keep, if I'm a Blue Jays fan and I'm worried and I'm concerned, I keep my eye on Jose Barrios's command. Or just watch, take an inning. Okay. Is he, where is he missing 
you know, where is he missing? Or is he missing a lot of his, a lot of his location? The glove isn't always going to be the target, but like, just use it as a rule of thumb. Is he trying to throw it? Is he throwing it to the glove? If, you, if he's, if he's, if the target's outside, is he missing outside? Is he missing by a mile? Is he missing by an inch? Is he getting squeezed? Everyone loves to blame the umpires for goddamn everything, which boy, I would love if everyone would just shut up about the umpires. Just me make my, make my Twitter experience that much better. But, uh, and yeah, again, you, it would be nice if Hyunjin Ryu was the Hyunjin Ryu of 2020, uh, but he's not. But all he's got to do is go out and do what he did and just kind of cheat it around and, and be a, effectively a fifth starter. Blue Jays got nothing to complain about. So I don't know. And then Nate Pearson, God love him. I am be well beyond the point of ever expecting anything out of Nate Pearson. Anything the Blue Jays get from Nate Pearson from here until the end of his career is a bonus. I, there's, there's just no reason to believe straight up that, that he's ever going to be able to be a productive big leaguer because, well, he hasn't. And he's, how old is he? 30? Like dude's been around forever. He's not 30. <laughs> 25, I think. Baloney. 24, 25. Um, he's 25. He turns 26 in August. So this is a 25 season. Yeah. He's got 33 big league innings to his name. That's that's a again. Don't don't expect anything. Hope hope is different than expectation, and and realism. I think is just something we can all use a bit of a dose of. More spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You made a number of good points, which is that this is the Blue Jays starting rotation. If you want to doubt them, point me in the direction of the doubt. Who is it that you're doubting? You don't think Kevin Gossman can do this? You think you think this Blue Jays risk adverse as they are, just handed over a, giga- a gigantic pile of money to Kevin Gossman because they because he he was a fluke in in San Francisco. I don't believe that. You, I dare you to go and doubt Alec Manoa. Do it to his face. <laughs> he will eat you. I don't know. They're fine. They're fine. They, it's ugly, but they don't. Have, it's a, it's an old cliche, and it's mostly probably related to golf. But like, they don't ask how; they ask how many. 
you know, if the when the Blue Jays are in the middle of the pennant race in September, they're not going to be like, yeah, but they didn't beat the Reds bad enough in May. Who's going to say that? An idiot. That's who. Caitlin, what else you got for the people that's coming up this week? Well, the Blue Jays are going to be on the road. I'm not going to be there. Um, they're in St. Louis and they're in Anaheim. Um, so I have a few. Sorry, a couple gotta, good tests. I just got a uh, – hmm. Yeah, no, St. Louis scored like 18 runs in a game yesterday, which is hopefully they don't do that against, against the, the Pirates. Yeah, against the Pirates. Slow your roll. The Blue Jays will face the Pirates later this year. Um, this is a good test for the Blue Jays, though. Again, the the uh-huh. the cursed cursed uh, Cardinals and the cursed cursed Cardinal way, and then of course the uh, the Angels. The Angels, who are off to the Angels, who are off to a great start. It's like Dream City for the Angels. The Angels are currently uh, three games ahead of the Blue Jays in the standings, mm-hmm. and they play four games. So if the Blue Jays come out of that that series, you know, if they take a series win, they're a game behind the Angels, who are just laughing all the way to the bank with their lineup. But the Angels are not as bad as they've been. They uh, they have a great offense. Obviously, they've got a lot of really good. Players, including uh, two of the best who have ever uh, worn baseball shoes or a baseball glove. And their pitching uh, staff is looking pretty good, too. Ryan Tapera, Shout out Ryan Tapera. He's back in angel form. Uh, so, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's no reason to work. But, again, a, a bad week and maybe, maybe we're, we're, having, we're singing a different tune. Right? If the Blue Jays come back and, and, and only win two games on this, road, on this mini road trip, uh, then, well, yeah, that's bad news. Honestly, it feels like the Blue Jays went 0-6 at home, the way the vibes are right It now. did. It does. You're absolutely right. It's crazy to think. They won four out of two games. Any, you'd, take, you'd take a 4-2 homestand any, any week of the year. You, t- you know, and, and they came back from a bad road trip. I think they – what did they go? 2-7? and seven? Um, mm. But, you know, they, they made up for it in the homestand. Would you like him to have gone 5-1? and one? Sure. Would you like to go 6-0? and oh? Of course. But 4-2, and two, that's kind of what you expect. Um, We've so, been saying this all year long. We've been saying this all year. Like, win two out of three, win two out of three in, in, a, in two out of three series, right? And you're fine. All year you're long. Laughing. If you do that all year long, you're in a good spot. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, I, I sort of don't understand. I, I get it. I sort of, I, I totally get it. And mm-hmm. this has been a really frustrating team. And I think like to some extent watching an offense struggle might be the most frustrating thing because I mean, I think when you watch a pitching staff frustrate, um, it can be hard to watch too. But mm-hmm. if it was like the Blue Jays were winning like nine, eight, I think people would be like a lot more excited because they scored nine runs as opposed to like they gave up eight runs. But the the fact is like they're winning two, one and they're only giving up one run, but Mm. people are mad because they're only scoring two. And so it's like, um, I think it's because the most exciting part of their team last year was the offense and they haven't looked like that. And so that is so much clouding people's view that they're not realizing like, well, the pitching is really exciting right now. Or like the Blue Jays starting staff has been really good. Or like Alec Manoa is in a race for the Cy Young Award. And so is Kevin Gosman. Um, although it's very early, obviously. But um, so I think that like, it's just because mm. offense is good. A good offense is very fun to watch. And it typically like um, an offense is like the the driver of like fun baseball I think like just generally speaking like I think some mm-hmm. people who are really passionate about baseball might 
love to watch a good old pitcher's duel. Um, but at the end of the day, I think most people gravitate towards just bashing the baseball and the it's Blue Jays also, have it's been hard. doing that. When, they, when, when you don't feel like they're capable of scoring any runs, they get one or two and you're like, well, that's it for tonight. <laughs> yeah. And then if they're behind, it just feels like an impossible mountain to climb. Like, oh my God, they're down 3-2 to the Reds. It's <laughs> over. And I think the other thing too is that they won both these series against Seattle and, and Cincinnati. They won the first two and it's like, oh, looking for their sleep for the sweep. Maybe they can get some momentum and then yeah. they lose. Yeah, they and haven't they come had back a sweep and they win two all more. Yeah, they haven't had a sweep. They they just have those kind of deflating, like, uh, and again, they score, <laughs> they, they lose 5-1 to the Mariners in that, in that the, the kind of closer of that series. They lose 3-2 yesterday. Um, Sunday to Cincinnati. And again, they come, they, they play like a really lackluster series. Well, they played three bad series in a row for, well, maybe four, right? Lose two or three to the Yankees, lose three or four to Cleveland, two straight to the Yankees, and then two of three to the Rays. And it just absolutely like sucked the wind out of the sails, but because they play bad. And, and while we wish to see them like absolutely pummel worse teams, the wins are still coming. The wins are still coming, and we here on SpinRate are still coming. We will continue to crank out the shows. You can follow Caitlin on Twitter. You can yes. read her on The Athletic at theathletic.com slash SpinRate. Sign signed up. Hmm? I just want to shout out one thing before we go. Yeah. For everyone to read Trent story on Joey Votto. He went to Etobicoke with Joey Votto over the weekend it's a really good story. So it's on The Athletic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. It's I think it's on the Blue Jays page or whatever. You'll find it. Really good It is story. on the Blue Jays page. Yeah, you'll see it. Um, so I recommend, don't even, don't read my story. It'll make you mad because it's about the offense. Just go and read that Joey Votto short. It'll make you smile. And that's what you need right now. So please read it. If you can't uh, enjoy the fact that Joey Votto um, hit that home run, in, in, in a game that the Blue Jays lost, well, I don't, I don't know that we would ever be friends. And apparently, he called it. Apparently, of course he did. He stepped out of the batter's box, looked at the dugout, and said "Homer," and he went step back in, hit, hit it to right field. Because he started, you saw him like definitely pointing and gesturing wildly in towards, uh, in towards the yeah dugout the dugout stuff. yeah after he hit it yeah so he definitely called it. Shout out to uh, to Mimico. Shout out to San Remo Bakery just down the street from Manchester Park where this story takes place. Uh, and shout out to the people who own uh, San Remo. They own the coolest house in the city, uh, by the way. And uh, yeah, Joey Votto, the king. Hope we get to see him one more time. Hope he turns, he's able to parlay this fun weekend. It's good to see him leaning into it, right? There, Joey Votto's been, you know, there was the, the year that he came to town and have been talking about his mental health, having gone through a really tough time after his father passed away. Um, there was the, a couple of years back where he had, he had a bunch of things to say that were negative about baseball Canada that he had to kind of walk back. I remember we had uh, Alexis Brodnicki on talking about that, about the, 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 how out of character that was for Joey Votto. Um, but it's definitely like in, in, into, into this, into the, uh, the, uh, the sunset phase of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was really just, nice. I mean, yeah. he did a lot of media, um, mm-hmm. which is great too, because sometimes, that can be a lot, like having to come and speak um, to like the visiting or well, I guess we're the home media, but like having to come and, and do like scrums and all that. And he did a ton of it and he was really gracious and he was really I was really impressed with um, how fondly he talked about growing up in Toronto and watching the Blue Jays and how much they meant to him and even entertaining questions about 
did you ever think about playing for the Blue Jays? I mean, um, and he, you know, he, he said, he, of course he did, because you grew up in Toronto and that's your only Blue Jay, that's your only team. And of course, if you're playing baseball as a young kid, you dream of playing for the Blue Jays. And, um, you know, he was really, he was really great all weekend. And I'm, I was sort of glad to see that he had a, a nice weekend back, um, his mm-hmm. first weekend back from the COVID IL. And obviously he got off to a tough start. Um, the season so he had a couple doubles he got the home run um the fans while not giving him like a huge loud ovation it was very polite it was uh, he got an applause um and so to see him kind of cap it off I thought was really cool because yeah I mean like it's we have to remember like there's not a ton of Canadian baseball players um and certainly not a ton that are on track to go to the hall of fame like he is Mm -hmm. and it's really cool when they come back and there's, as you say, there's stages in his career where maybe he was a little bit more shy or he's like, you know, not net less willing to lean into this sort of um, part of himself. And I know he is really mm-hmm. private with a lot of parts of his life, but to see him just sort of really excited. And it was actually funny because the Reds, um, they obviously don't come to Toronto very often. And the team was just loving Toronto. Hunter Green afterwards, I've never seen a visiting player rave about the city of Toronto as much as Hunter Green did, just talking about how excited he was to be in Toronto and how excited he was that the roof opened and he caught he got a mm. photo of him pitching with the CN Tower in the background. That's awesome. And and like a lot of the Reds, I think, were very excited to be in Toronto. And and Joey Votto, I think, was like soaking that in because obviously it's his hometown and he mm. wants them to love it too so just an all-around great weekend i think for i mean the blue jays won too you got mm-hmm. a joey Votto moment um sure they didn't get the sweep but you know i mean maybe they could have they it would have been better for blue jays fans if like joey Votto hit a home run and like a 9-1 win for the jays but that didn't happen i'll take what i can get <laughs> and also i think the thing with joey Votto that we don't talk about uh is that yeah we use canadian as a blanket term but like how many canadian how many major leaguers are there from toronto how many major leaguers are there from Toronto that got drafted out of a Canadian high school, right? Like, I mean, Joey Votto was kind of in the early nascent days of, you know, the Ontario Blue Jays and that sort of those, those touring, um, like high level elite teams. But like, mm-hmm. that is so rare to get drafted in the second round of the big league draft out. Like that's not, it's, it's, we talk, we talk about like with Mike Trout playing cold weather, playing against crappy crappy competition that's why he fell to late in the first round joey that who did joey Votto play against me guys like me guys i played men's league baseball with right and then now here he is uh so that is a, a little bit of an extra special thing like maybe that's again just me but like the blue jays connection sometimes when you see guys the guys from out west maybe sometimes feels a little bit more like lip service like they like the blue jays but it's not you know like joey Votto's from here mm-hmm. he, and the other thing about joey Votto is he fucking winters here Everybody's yeah. got a Joe, not everybody. Lots of people have Joey Votto stories. Joey Votto, J- Jonah Bierenbaum, your friend and mine, frequent guest on, on this show, talks about walking, he was walking his dog carrying an air conditioner. And there's Jonah, who's a, who is a, is a baseball journalist. Joey Votto doesn't know that. There goes Jonah into fan mode. Like, says, just hits him with a keep raking king, like right on the side of the street. Uh, and there he is. And that a bunch of people all had similar, oh, I saw Joey Votto walking his dog in Kensington Market. I saw Joey Votto walking his dog on Dundas. And like in the winter, who winters in Canada when they don't have to? Joey fucking Votto. Yeah. That's and who. shout out and shout out to Jordan Romano striking out Joey Votto 
Himself, True, which exactly. Was fun, which was Another fun, big leader from Toronto. He's yeah, a pitcher. And, it's different. <laughs> I know, but it was a very, um, you know, mm-hmm. East GTA versus West GTA. Um, and so. I, I think the other thing, if you read this, read Trent's story, which is terrific, and it's like, you know, Trent got, Trent got it right, the details and like the, the, the Toronto-ness of it. Reading between the lines, like Joey was like, sure, let's go. And they got the two of them got in Joey's car and drove to Etobicoke. You know what I mean? Like he took him in, in, in he talks about, he parks his SUV. Actually, so actually, I know the full story. Let's give Trent oh, more credit. Okay. So Trent actually took the go train on his own out to Etobicoke Bless. and and met Joey there. So no, Trent got, did the work. He got on the go train West, Mimico station. It's only <laughs> two West. It's, 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 it is, it's, it's an exhibition in Mimico. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying my guy's he, not know, going to Aldershot. Trek. There's Joey Votto wandering. There's, there's Trent Rosecrans wandering around Burlington being like, what on earth is this shit? Anyway, great story. Shout out All Mimico. Out, shout out to Mimico. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I lived in, in central Etobicoke for many, many years and uh, I miss it every day. I miss I'm, I'm you know mm-hmm. me, I'm I'm born and raised East End, so I don't we, I don't have anything to do with Mimico, but uh, shout out East York. You gotta come. You gotta come. Shout down. out R- Russell Martin, who was born in East York. True, true. <laughs> and then moved but, to Montreal, but he was born in East York. <laughs> right. Anyway, shout out Jordan Romano, Markham. Markham mm-hmm. hit hard by the storm that happened this weekend. Hopefully, everybody <laughs> at uh, at the Romano residence is okay. And hopefully, I think Jules, so. Jules, a lawyer, is still uh, influencing the world as well. Jordan's parents Her- are always there, so. They oh really? Good. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, her name is Caitlin. My name is Drew. We will talk to you next time on Spin Ray. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.